Today on Building in Faith with Pastor Ed Jones. Building in Faith. He's looking for those who will be faithful and who will walk in the fear of the Lord, who fear God more than they fear men. The fear of God will deliver you from the fear of men, and it will deliver you from the fear of life. There's so many things I want to reach out and cause us to be afraid. But I tell you, when you fear God, when you have that sense of reverence and awe for God, it delivers you and it frees you from all other fears. Reaching up high with arms open wide, we see. Changing our lives so we can be our hands and feet. What causes you to fear? Today, Pastor Ed will be challenging us to only have a reverential fear of the Lord. When you have a healthy fear of God, you no longer fear man or any other circumstance. Having a fear of the Lord isn't having a terrible fear that is going to crush you when you mess up. Having the fear of God is having reverence and awe of your Father in heaven. God is a loving Father that will discipline His children, but you shouldn't have a terrifying fear of Him as His child. Now here's Pastor Ed with today's edition of Building in Faith. Building in Faith God wants us to make a solemn decision based on a rational, rational thought, what God has done for us. He has been faithful. He has been true. He has kept every one of his promises. He deserves our loyalty. He deserves your decision. It's a relational decision. He's asked you not merely to follow rules and regulations, but he wants a relationship with you. Look at Moses. The great lawgiver. He was consumed with a relationship with God. In the book of Exodus, it reads in the 33rd chapter, verse 11, inside the tent, the Lord spoke to Moses face to face as a man speaks to his friend. Our oh, relationship is so very important. How are we speaking to God face to face? Do we sense his presence? Is our service more than merely rite and ritual and tradition? I grew up in a church where all I knew was tradition. I knew when to kneel and when to stand and when to say this and when to listen. And, uh, you know, I knew all of those rituals, but I didn't have a relationship. God wants a relationship. And that decision is a decision that is relational. It's saying, I want to know God. We sing, what a friend we have in Jesus. That's meant to be more than mere words that we sing. It's meant to be a living reality where we walk and we talk with him. And he walks and he talks with us. And so our decision is a solemn decision to get to know God. In Joshua's earlier exhortation in the 23rd chapter, he is speaking words that speak of just his heart for the people. And he exhorts them in Joshua 23, so be very careful to love 
the Lord your God. I like that. Be very careful to love the Lord your God. Is what I'm doing today and what I plan to do tomorrow an expression of my love for God? In John chapter 15, Jesus called his followers his friends to be thought of as a friend of God. He's calling you and me into a, a relationship. God is asking for our loyal love. And he has given it to us. He deserves it from us. Oswald Chambers has said, Our destiny is not determined for us, but is determined by us. Man's free will is a part of God's sovereign will. We have freedom to take which course we choose, but not freedom to determine the end of that choice. Choice determines destiny, and it binds us in eternity. The second point. The choice ignites sacred devotion. You cannot Make this type of choice to choose to follow God, to choose for your household to follow God without it igniting in you the fires of devotion. I've never seen a person who's made a choice to follow God who has a cold relationship with God. It's a contradiction. If you make a solemn decision and then you make a sacred devotion where you devote yourself to following God. It's going to ignite in you holy fires. And if in a church, a church has made a conscious decision to devote themselves to God, I tell you, the very fire of God will burn in that congregation. The very holy presence of God will be there. And people will have encounters with God, even as Moses had when he met God on the backside of the desert and he met him in that burning bush. We have seen men and women have encounters with God. Just a couple of weeks ago, a woman came to my office and she wasn't from our church, but she had been visiting on a Sunday night and there kneeling at the altars, she told me she heard the audible voice of God. God still speaks. He still moves and he's looking for a church who is going to ignite the fires of devotion. Now listen to the words of Joshua. Now fear the Lord and serve him with all faithfulness. Notice we are to choose faithful devotion. I think of Caleb as an example of faithfulness. He wholeheartedly followed the Lord. In Joshua 4.9, 14.9 rather, it says, Joshua said, uh, because you have followed the Lord my God wholeheartedly. Moses said to him, you followed God wholeheartedly. Six times in scripture, it's said of Caleb that he wholeheartedly followed God. His heart wasn't torn. His heart wasn't divided. His heart wasn't going in one direction and in another direction. No, it was focused on God. That's what we need to focus on. The Lord have faithful service. Now he amplifies. He says, faithful, throw away those idols. Throw away those gods. 
Shechem was a sacred place in the minds of the Israelites. Not only did Abraham come and build an altar there, but Jacob, after long years of exile, came back into the promised land. And there at Shechem, he gave a message to his household, and he said to his household, get rid of all of those idols, all of them now. And Joshua, as it were, were bringing them back to their sacred history. The idols that so readily capture our attention. The idols that so readily call for our devotion. God is saying to us, get rid of all of those idols. An idol is anything that comes between you and God. An idol is anything that distracts you from service to God. Money could be an idol. Possessions can be an idol. Position can be an idol. On and on it goes. These things bid us to come and bow and worship and render them service. Only God alone deserves our service. He calls us to get rid of all of our idolatry, to be faithful to him. I like what Joshua 24, 23 reads. Now then, said Joshua, throw away the foreign gods that are among you and yield your hearts to the Lord. Yield your heart to him. My son, give me thine heart. Let thine eyes observe my ways, the writer of, Sol the writer of Proverbs says. Faithfulness to God will make you faithful in other areas. A person can't truly, really be faithful to God and yet be unfaithful to his family. I read a story about a man by the name of Bruce Reynolds. He died very quietly in a small New York town. At his memorial service, people became aware of an incredible secret. 25 years before his death, Bruce's first wife left him. And as she left him, she went off with another man and she took their only child, Iva. Well, Bruce Reynolds supported his daughter with monthly checks all of those years, even at his own expense of going down to visit her. And every week, he would write her letters, even though she didn't respond to him. She seldom wrote back. Once in a while, she did. But Bruce wanted to communicate his love. After several strokes, he dictated to his second wife letters to his daughter. And they were about some 1,300 letters from 1964 to 1989, maybe it was a little more than that, but faithfully would write, faithfully would write, faithfulness to God will make you faithful to your commitments and faithful to your family. God calls us to faithful devotion. Our relationship with others and our relationship with everything around us is a mirror of our relationship to God. He said, Joshua, choose this day whom you'll serve. But as for me and my household, we are going to serve the Lord. And he called them to faithfulness. There's an ad in Newsweek, uh, 1990 November. In this ad, it had a caption of a man in a pinstripe suit. Instead of carrying a briefcase... He was carrying a child. And the caption read, 
Success is knowing which appointments to keep. The secular world is catching on. But the Bible long ago knew and taught faithfulness in our homes. Faithfulness to God. Not only was he faithful, but there was a fearful devotion to God. We are to choose fearful devotion to God. Verse 14 again. Now fear the Lord. Notice that? Fear the Lord. Now that's not speaking of a a cowering fear. It's not speaking of someone who's just, you know, running away from God. No. It's speaking of a fear that comes out of an encounter with God that understands his might and his awesomeness. His greatness. It's a fear that grows out of deep love. Not wanting to offend. Not wanting to grieve. Not wanting to hurt God. We need to choose fearful devotion to the Lord. There was a a list of God's ten most wanted men. I want to read that list to you. God's ten most wanted men. Number one. The man who puts God's business above other business. Number two, the man who brings his children to church rather than sending them. Number three, the man who is willing to be the right example to every boy he meets. Four, the man who thinks more of his Sunday school class than he does of his Sunday sleep. Maybe I should camp on that. (laughs) Number five, the man who measures his giving by what he has left rather than by the amount he gives. The man who goes to church for Christ's sake rather than for his own or someone else's. Think about that. Number seven, the man who has more passion to help others than he had to be helped himself. Number eight, the man who can see his own faults before he sees the faults of others. Number nine, The man who stands firm in his convictions. Based upon the word of God. That is a backbone Christian. Number 10, the final one. The man who is more concerned about winning souls for Christ than he is about winning honor. God is looking for men. He's looking for those who will be faithful and who will walk in the fear of the Lord. Who fear God more than they fear men. The fear of God will deliver you from the fear of men and it will deliver you from the fear of life. There's so many things I want to reach out and cause us to be afraid. But I tell you, when you fear God, when you have that sense of reverence and awe for God, it delivers you and it frees you from all other fears. Third point. The choice includes a spiritual determination. Listen to what The people say in verse 21. But the people answer Joshua saying, No, we've determined to serve the Lord. That's the New Living Translation. No, we have determined to serve the Lord. Is there that spiritual determination inside of us? Are you resolved? Are you committed? Are you determined when you get married, you, you go into that for life. You know it's a commitment. Many people treat their commitment to the Lord, their choice to serve God, like their membership at the health club. 
It's an on and off thing. If they're there, fine. If they're not, well, God wants us to be determined to serve him. Air is a perpetual determination. That means I'm not going to serve God today and not serve him tomorrow. Listen to what verse 25 says in chapter 24. So Joshua made a covenant with the people that day at Shechem, committing them to a permanent, abiding contract between themselves and the Lord. A permanent, abiding contract between them and the Lord. Do you see your commitment to the Lord as permanent, binding? Do you see it as something that says, I am determined we sing that song, I've decided to follow Jesus. No turning back, no turning back. Though none go with me, still I will follow. The cross before me, the world behind me. That ought to be more than just a song, but a living reality in our lives. Joshua was determined. There was strength in his character. There was strength in his voice. There was that firmness that said, I am determined. And he challenged the people not to make a weak, wishy-washy commitment. We need men and women who will rise up and say, we are perpetually going to serve God. If it rains outside, I'm still going to go to church. If circumstances in my life don't work out the way I want, I'm still going to follow God. If I don't feel good, I'm still going to read my Bible and praise Him. I'm determined to do His will. I'm determined to follow Him. I'm determined to go after Him. Now, you may fall. It doesn't mean that we're perfect when we're Christians. But you get back up again and you get out to the house of the Lord. It was John Norcross, a psychologist from the University of Scranton. He did research on the area of success and failure with goals. And he discovered a unique difference between those who reach their goals and those who don't. And this is what the research said. During the first month of pursuing a goal, the people who ultimately will succeed will fail as often as those who eventually give up on their goals. The key difference is perspective. The victors see their failures as a reason to recommit, a reminder to refocus on their goals with more determination. Now, Norcross notes, those who are unsuccessful say a relapse is evidence that they can't do it. Men, you may fail, but don't stop. You may fall down, but get back up. Recognize that this choice includes spiritual determination. You must be determined to finish the race. You must be determined with all of the strength that is within you that you are going to cross that finish line. Don't come and make a weak-willed decision to follow Jesus Christ. Don't come on the eight strings of your wives. Make a decision that says, I'm going to lead my household. I'm going to lead my family. I'm going to come with all that I have and all that I am, and I'm going to serve the Lord. Many of us as fathers are reflecting on how our father fathered us. And then we're reflecting on our fatherhood in terms of our children. And all of us, without exception, can think of areas that we wish we'd do a little better in. 
But failure is never final for the Christian. It becomes a reason to be more determined to do the Lord's will. There's a supernatural determination. There's not only a perpetual determination, but a supernatural determination. In the text, verse 19, it reads, Joshua said to the people, you are not able to serve the Lord. Now, could you imagine how discouraging that must have been? There your leader is, there your pastor is, and he says to them, they said, we want to serve the Lord. And you know what he says to them? It says it right in Scripture. You're not able to serve the Lord. He is a holy God. He is a jealous God. He will not forgive your rebellion and your sins. What in the world is Joshua saying there? Uh, God does forgive sins. What is he saying? He's saying this. Be really serious. Make up your mind what you're doing. Don't be wishy-washy. Recognize that in your strength, you cannot serve the Lord. There's not one single person in the sound of my voice here that can live the Christian life in their own strength. I don't care how long you've been a Christian. I don't care how much you know about the Bible. No matter what your background is, you cannot live the Christian life in your own strength. It takes dependence on God. In chapter 24, 25 times, God says and uses the personal pronoun I. God says, I led you into the land. I gave you victory. I helped you. I rescued you. It was me. We recognize that it's God's hand on us that gives us victory. We recognize it's not in our might. It's not in our strength. It's not in our power. It's in his strength and his power. That's why I need to be connected with God. That's why I need to be in church. That's why I need to be reading the Bible. That's why I need to be praying because I cannot be the man that God wants me to be unless I have his strength, unless I have his power, unless he's working in me. That's Beautifully, the New Testament passage that says, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling, for it is God that is working in you. We recognize there's our part, but there's his part. Our part without him would amount to nothing. And God won't violate our wills and force us to serve him. He wants us to be co-laborers with him, to cooperate with him. God calls us to be faithful. Someone has said, there is a time when we must firmly choose the course we will follow or the relentless drift of events will make the decision. It was Ronald Reagan who told about when he was a child uh, cobblers would make shoes. And so the shoemaker and him were having a conversation. He said, now, Ronald, do you want square toes or do you want round toe shoes? And Ronald Reagan said he, he couldn't decide. And the cobbler saw him again. And he said, did you make your decision? You want round shoes or square shoes at the, at the toes? Ronald Reagan still couldn't decide. And he went back a week later, and the cobbler had his shoes for him. And you know, one pair of shoes had round toes, and the other had square. And he said, Ronald Reagan said, I learned at that point not to make, allow others to make the choices for you. Choose you. You make the choice this day who you will serve. 
we want to encourage you to share this message with your friends and family. We know that God's Word never returns void. We've made it really simple. Visit buildinginfaithradio.com and click on today's date. Then you can share today's message on your Facebook page and Twitter feed, or even download a copy to share. Again, that's all available at buildinginfaithradio.com. To learn more about Building in Faith, or to get a free copy of today's teaching, simply log on to buildinginfaithradio.com. That's buildinginfaithradio.com. Although Building in Faith is a huge blessing, we pray that it's not your only source for the teaching of the Word of God. It is our hope that you're attending a church that teaches God's Word from beginning to end. If not, we'd like to invite you to join us at Faith Assembly for Worship on Sunday mornings at 9 a.m. and 11 a.m. and Wednesday evenings at 7 p.m. For service times, driving directions, and more information, log on to buildinginfaithradio.com and follow the link to Faith Assembly. Or feel free to give us a call at 845-462-5955. Well, that's all the time we have for today. You've been listening to Building in Faith with Dr. Ed Jones. Please join us next time as Pastor Ed continues teaching verse by verse through the book of Joshua, right here on Building in Faith. Your word restores.